Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is patience. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, it's only taken us 160 episodes (laughs) to get to patience. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's not bad. But uh, this actually comes from a coworker of mine as I was about to come here and tape. I'm like, we need a topic. She's like, ooh, I could use some patience. We should be talking patience. Because maybe if I listen to a podcast on patience, I can learn to be more patient. I'm not sure how that quite correlates. It could be. I mean, it, but it's it a lovely it, idea, right? It brings it back up to mind mm-hmm. and makes it a conscious choice and something that one could think about and make an effort for. Well, I was loving that she was mindful enough to go, I'm incredibly impatient today and I need to stop and yeah. slow down. It's hard. It's not something we do. It's that cartoon, I don't know if it was a farsight or not, but Mm -hmm. the God grant me patience and grant it to me now. Yes. Right. It's that wonderful sense of, I really understand that I need to learn how to wait for things, but I don't want to. It's really hard to be patient. I think about the uh, thing that they do with kids, the delayed gratification Mm -hmm. strategy thing. Mm -hmm. You can either have one marshmallow right now, or you can have five in 10 minutes. Mm. And how many kids will opt for the marshmallow right now and just get one instead of waiting the 10 minutes to have five? Yeah, bird in the hand. And how do you teach the delayed gratification? And then that brings up a whole lot of different pieces around socioeconomic status and home life and kinds Mm -hmm. of things like that. And I will say that when we think about patience, when we think about slowing down and waiting for something or slowing down and being present with someone in the midst of something else. It is something we can strive for because I think when we're able to achieve it, it feels good. Yeah. But it's really hard. Incredibly hard. And our culture doesn't reward it. No, there are no real rewards for it. The line I'm always using with my children is patience grasshopper (laughs) from from the old fable. And it's basically, we're going to get there. Yeah. But you just got to hold on. But that is not how this society and humans tend to work. No. I think there's a lot about our culture right now, the sped up pace of it, that also does not teach patience because you're constantly on the go. You're constantly moving. You constantly have things that you have to get done. And your to-do list is terribly long. So having patience to wait for something to get done, sometimes you just don't feel like you have the time mm-hmm. to give it the time that it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. When I catch myself being the most impatient is when I've clicked on something on a website. <laughs> Particularly, Gmail updated their user interface. Yeah. And their new UI has like maybe a 0.5 second delay from the point at which I hit delete or archive to when it's done and I can choose and select the next thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that 0.5 of a second turns into a whole second. Oh, wow. And I... How spoiled we are. ...become infuriated past any point of like logic. I click the button and I go to click like three more because these are things that I don't have to address. And so Uh boom, 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 I could get them out of my inbox. And it takes a second and a half for them to go away. And I get just enraged. It's horrible. It's really, really, really Uh bad. 
And I think back to like 1994. Dial up. And dial up. You know? And you're like. Oh, yeah. The old modem. And waiting five minutes. Like you go, you turn on your computer, you get it, start logging in, and then you come back in five minutes. And then you like. Especially if you wanted to watch or listen to something. Oh, this was even Which before was you unheard could do that. of. Right. No, no, you, it was like 256 colors and it was still going to take you 5 minutes <laughs> for the 10 second thing you wanted to see, but it was going to be so good. <laughs> and I just okay. I remember like it took 15 or 20 minutes to download your email box. Yeah. And now that half a second, man. Oh man, it drives me up the wall. Mm. So, our culture does not reward or teach or give many opportunities to practice it, I mm-hmm. think in some ways. No, it's all instant gratification. And quick turnaround. Yes. We prize that more than Mm -hmm. anything. Do you think we're becoming more impatient with ourselves or more impatient with others? I think it's a both and. It's a both. Yeah. And I think we can see it a lot in our kids. Mm. I think that the kids have the kind of effects on them more so than we do. Because like I said, I can think back. I'm sitting here and I'm impatiently waiting for the 787 emails in my promotions inbox to get deleted. And it takes a whole three seconds and I'm Mm -hmm. freaking out. And then I can think back and be like, okay, when I was 12, this took 10 minutes. I can take a deep breath and it's probably going to be done by the time I'm taking a deep breath. Mm -hmm. So just take the deep breath. And there you go. Now it's done. But at 12 now, these kids, it's not taking 10 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? Everything is happening really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And they don't have opportunities to practice waiting very often. Mm. I think it comes somewhat hand in hand with an idea of gratitude. Hmm. Because we're often, we being my husband and I, sitting there, marveling at the access that the younger generation has to so many things in a way that we didn't. And they don't even know what they have, right? Which is not a new concept because every generation goes through that. Totally. But we're at the point where we have the gratitude for what access we do have Mm. in our hot little hands. Mm. And because we're older generation, we're angry that they don't have that gratitude. (laughs) Are we getting to the point in our lives where we're already able to say... Oh, those young whippersnappers don't know how good they have it. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) I think there's something more there, though, because I think I'm pretty good at being grateful. Mm -hmm. That's one thing I don't suck at. And and I'm still a really impatient person sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I wonder about how our fast-paced nature of our culture and the pressures that we feel to constantly be producing and constantly be active and doing something, I wonder how that impacts our capacity to be patient people. Oh, I think so. I think we've lost the ability to be bored. (laughs) Absolutely. And how to deal with it, which I think is a very good lesson in being patient for things. And there's such a pressure for productivity. Oh, very much so. And I hit that a lot. I did a thing where just because of how things worked, I didn't have a day off for the last 14 days. And that's not to brag that I'm so awesome and committed and all that. It's actually a confession that Mm -hmm. I failed to take a day off, which is really unhealthy and not good. I don't even know what that is. And I don't feel like it's possible for me to take a day off. Right. So yesterday I had my day off and I was doing things around the house that normally get done on your day off, you know, laundry dishes, all those kinds of pieces. And at the same time, because I was starting to get sick again, Mm. right? Because if you don't rest, your body 
can't maintain that level of activity. Mm -hmm. It's unhealthy. And so I found myself laying on my couch with my dog and my bird, not doing anything other than listening to a story. I wasn't spinning. I wasn't knitting. I wasn't crocheting. I wasn't planning the next thing. I wasn't ironing. I wasn't sewing. I wasn't folding. Folding. I wasn't exercising. I laid down on the couch with the bird and the dog and I listened to a story. And it was only about 20 minutes that I managed to do that. But it was so against everything that is normal. I'm impressed you made it 20 minutes. Right. If we don't know how to be still... Mm-hmm. That is a fundamental underpinning block of patience. It is. And it's fascinating to hear you say this because I was woken up early this morning by a text about no school. Mm-hmm. And because of the way my days tend to go, my brain is like, here we go. Right. So even though it was a half an hour before my alarm, I still can't just either fall back asleep or do anything other than start the process of my day. I have somewhat mm-hmm. lost the ability because it feels selfish mm-hmm. to just be. Yeah. And I should be really sad about that. And it's something that, right, it's off kilter. Yeah. It's off balance. And when we're off kilter or off balance in some way in our lives, then it comes out in other places and it comes out in being impatient with other people. Mm-hmm. Because if we can't have time for ourselves, then why are you spending 45 minutes lollygagging around here? Oh, right? yes. And then we get impatient with them as we are impatient with ourselves. Patience in some ways is a place of grace. Mm-hmm. That not everything has to be done right this second and mm-hmm. right this moment. That it's okay to take time and to slow down. And if we don't know how to do that for ourselves, we can't do it for others. Sure. And it just perpetuates then the cycle and keeps us on that running hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Which is not good. No, it's not. It leads to all kinds of things. I mean, we see it eventually within our own body chemistry. And that's for some of us, can be enough to wake us up and slow us down. Mm-hmm. Even if signs of broken relationship or other broken health patterns or those kinds of things aren't as easy to see because they disappear over time and we don't catch that it's happening. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge. This stuff is a challenge. Very much so. Patience, I think, is something that we develop and that we learn and that we incorporate and we encourage from the basis of a balanced and healthy life. And North American culture right now does not in any way encourage a balanced and healthy life. No. In our adults or our children. No. And you're starting to see... The effects of it in all the articles I've seen come up recently about burnout. Absolutely. Which I think is part and parcel with all this. It absolutely is. So then if we're going to try to take this back to a religious aspect, mm-hmm. do you think Jesus was a patient person? I'm sure he was a patient person. I think he also had moments of impatience. Sure. As a human trait? As a human trait. And I think that there are also moments to be impatient. In the same way that there is righteous indignation and not being like, oh, yeah, you're just righteously indignant, right? Not making fun of it. But when you stand within right relationship with God and with the intention for this world and you disagree with something, Mm -hmm. 
right? That righteous indignation of, no, this should not be how our world functions. I think that there is such a thing as holy impatience. Okay. Where I am not patient when it comes to justice, right? I don't want to be patient for children to be safe when they go to school. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be patient for women to feel safe. I don't want to be patient when it comes to lifting up the voices of people of color and breaking down inherent racism within our culture. I think that being patient around those things has done nothing but cause more death, more harm, and more evil within our country. Mm -hmm. And so there is a place and a time for impatience. And I think we see that when we see Jesus clean out the tables sure. in the temple, right? We see these moments where Jesus is absolutely impatient with the harm that is being done to God's people. Sure. When he's speaking sharply to somebody as he's trying to tend to somebody who needs healing or whatever. Absolutely. Right. We go to Mark 3, 1 through 6, my favorite verses where we have this man with the withered hand and Jesus gets angry and heals the withered hand on the Sabbath. And he's impatient with the religious leaders saying, you know, how could you say that this is not work that is God's work to be done right in this second, in this moment? Why are you waiting? And at the same time, we also see moments of great divine patience and trust and gentleness within Jesus and the ability to stand and be present with and to listen to the story of even those that culturally by all standards he should not have been listening to. So it's a both and. And I think that we hold that both and within us as part of our practice. If we can find our way into a balanced and healthy lifestyle that is grounded in God's intention for us and grounded in a way of being in this world that does not cause harm to others and builds up community. And if we can find our way to that and then be patient or be wholly impatient in any given moment, that's the ideal. Sure. Right? That's something to aim for, something to practice towards. This is one of those things that I say patience is a virtue. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a spiritual practice, which means you're going to fail sometimes. Mm. When you practice something, it's not because you've got it down and you're going to get it perfect. You practice something because you don't have it right yet. And spiritual practices like patience or fasting or praying, those are all things we practice and we do it over and over again because we're going to get it wrong sometimes. So patience is one of those spiritual practices. It's hard and it's important and it's good and it feels great when you can get it right. <laughs> Yeah, if you can get it right. But there are so many pieces about it that make it really, really, really hard to get. Mm-hmm. So do you have any ideas on how to be more patient as a practice? Oof. I really keep coming back to this idea of grounding it in a healthy lifestyle. Okay. And I think that people have more capacity to be patient with one another when they are patient with themselves, which means learning how to say yes to things you can say yes to and no to things that you should say no to. Sure. To give spaciousness in your life. And I think that in some ways, patience comes alongside of grace to forgive yourself that you can't do everything and to create openness and space within your life. To be a more patient person, you have to give yourself the grace to have said no and not feel like you're a failure because you're not able to do everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm just talking to myself there on that one, but I think more than I struggle with that and that capacity to be able to know what is important in a given 
time within your life and to say at this point in time, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. So I'll give the personal example. How have I developed more patience for me in this last year? Well, once my doctorate finished, time opened up in my calendar in theory, because I wasn't writing a dissertation and I wasn't defending anything, right? In theory. And I wasn't actively parenting at home, right? Mm -hmm. The kids are gone out of the house. And so it's just my spouse and I. And so time opened back up. I could dive back into roller derby. Sure. And commit those six to eight hours a week to training and cross training and competing. And it was really important after years of parenting together and academic work that as we moved into both of us working full-time employment, that my spouse and I spend time learning who we were again Mm -hmm. and recommitting to that relationship. So I've said no to roller derby at this time in my life because I needed to create space for my marriage. Mm -hmm. And that means that I have to give myself the grace to not be able to do both those things. Sure. And to know I'm not superwoman. I can't give my marriage the energy that it deserves and roller derby the kind of energy that it deserves at the same time. I don't have that capacity, not while holding a congregation that I love in my heart. I can't do it all. And so I have to be patient with myself that if it's supposed to happen, derby will happen. I will go back to skating when the time is right. And until then, I will be patient and know that it's something I love and I enjoy and it feeds me. And now is not that time. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to give myself grace to be able to hold that reality. That means that sometimes I feel like I failed. That means sometimes I feel like I am a fake because I'm not doing everything, right? Those messages from our culture that come and insidiously insinuate into our brains. And so I have to know how to speak and articulate them and forgive myself and say, it's okay to only be able to do these things. And grieve for the things I'm not able to do right now because I love them and they're important, but I'm not going to be able to do them right now. That's interesting, giving yourself the time to grieve for something like that. I think it's critical, Mm -hmm. right? I had a goal that I would be back to being a competitive skater this year. Mm -hmm. I set that goal four years ago, but I need a healthy marriage more than I need to be competitive in roller derby. Sure. And so I'm going to grieve missing that goal and just give that space and be patient that if it's supposed to happen, it will. And if it's not, that's okay. I have beautiful things to love in my life right now. That kind of, not to say I've got all this right, but when you ask how do you do this Mm -hmm. and what are ways, I think a lot of it is learning how to articulate what's going on. I think it's giving space for grieving when things aren't the way we want them to be. Mm -hmm. And it's finding that balance in our life. So learning what our priorities are, learning what really matters, and focusing on how to create the space for that. Because no matter what, we really only do have 24 hours in every day. See, now that's where my problem is. I straight up am not getting enough sleep. Yeah. And I'm trying to pack all these things in. Even if it's something good, like at the end of the day, I'm trying to switch from doing something on my phone to reading a couple pages of a book. Yeah. 
But even then, if I'm loath to cut anything out, guess what? I'm up till 1130 yeah. and then the alarm goes off bright and early in the morning and I have sleep deprivation and no patience for other people. Yeah. And there's a reason why sleep deprivation is a torture device. Oh, sure. Right. Literally and truly a Which torture device. fascinating that... because I'm realizing I'm torturing myself. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Like Which is just, not helpful or no, useful or good. No. And we do it. Our culture has us do it like it's some badge no, of honor. Exactly. It celebrates it. Right? It celebrates it and says, this is a great thing to do. You know, I only got four hours of sleep last night. Yeah, I'm running on two. Give me that coffee. Right? Exactly. Like, Throw like, an extra shot of espresso in my coffee, Totally. Please. And yet it's against the Geneva Conventions to sleep deprive soldiers of war. Mm-hmm. So why do we do it to ourselves all the time and think that it is a virtue, right? Our culture gives us these false messages and we can take it and say it idolizes Oh, yes. It creates these false idols, these false gods of productivity and capacity and all of those pieces that then break us down and make us less able to be present, to be patient, to be kind to ourselves and to others. It increases our desire to buy things, which, of course, in a capitalistic society benefits somebody. Sure. But it doesn't benefit us as individuals or us as family units or us as communities. You know, you ask me about patience and how to have more patience. How do we ignore the world's culture's values that we constantly be creatures of productivity and don't find time to rest? There's a reason why Sabbath is something that God put in the Ten Commandments. Not Mm -hmm. taking a break is as evil and as culture-breaking as killing another person. So how do we reclaim that capacity to take breaks and to rest? What do we say no to? How do we learn to say no so that we can develop things like patience and hope? It's all tied up together. And it's all really hard. Really hard. Okay. My last question then is, as somebody who is in a role where you often have people come to you Mm -hmm. for help, Do you see the world is becoming more or less patient these days? I think that, and I don't think it's just being in an urban area the last five and a half years. I think that our culture in the last five and a half to 10 years has been amping up and speeding up remarkably. Yeah. And I think the pressure for productivity and those kinds of things of North American culture is continuing to have tons of adverse effects. Sure. And I think that one of those signs, one of those canaries within the coal mine Mm -hmm. is a less patient world. And when people are shocked when someone is patient with them in the same way that when people are shocked when someone is gracious and kind or grateful towards them. That should not be the outlier. That should be the norm. Right. I think right now within our culture, you can really, I mean, I don't know if it's a canary in the coal mine, if you go to anyone who works in retail. Oh, yes. Right. And anyone who works in retail sees people within the system kind of amped and multiplied, right? And so if the average bookseller at Barnes and Noble says, yeah, no, people are like stomping their foot if they don't get through the line within two minutes or... People get really angry if I don't have the exact right item for them in the second that they ask for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we can get a real 
temperature from people who work in retail, having worked in retail when I was young, and patience and gratitude and kindness, those are outliers right now Mm -hmm. for people who work in retail to experience and people who work in service industries really to experience. And I think that says something pretty strongly about where our culture is right now and gives us a challenge and an opportunity for growth. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Because I think this is a place where an individual can make a difference. Absolutely. Because when somebody is patient with me, I know it. Yeah. And I appreciate it. Yeah. And it does give me pause to pass it on. Yeah. And when we are able to do that within our own homes. Sure. We are able to take that outside of our doors and we're able to offer that to others. And then it can be a ripple effect. Sure. But it's hard work. Absolutely. And there are lots of days where we're not going to get it right. And I will still be severely frustrated that Gmail takes (laughs) (laughs) 0.75 seconds to delete. That's fair. It's a computer. (laughs) Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about patience. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for listening along. It would be fascinating to hear from you on this topic. What rings true for you? What do you want to push back against? Or what kind of practices around patients do you have that have worked well for you? We'd love to hear from you on Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.